everyone, and welcome to The Swear Jar, the official podcast of the Academy of Business Communications, where we tell it like it is about corporate and employee communications and use occasionally colorful language to raise money for worthy causes. My name is Elizabeth Williams. And I'm Andrew Brown. Today, we're going to do something a little different. Today, we're not digging into a specific strategy that employee comms folks can take to solve day-to-day challenges, nor are we exploring a specific tool. Rather, we're going to summarize some of the insights and cool learnings from 10 of our most popular episodes of The Swear Jar published over this past summer. So, Think of this as a greatest hits episode or, well, maybe greatest hits part one. So, Elizabeth, over to you. Why don't you get us started? Okay. Maybe it's like one of those farewell tours like the Who that just never ends, right? We just keep publishing greatest (laughs) hits album. I I can't tell you how many times I've said goodbye to the Who and they just keep coming back. Um, So, our first episode of The Swear Jar, we decided to set the tone for the whole podcast by being a little bit controversial, a little bit irreverent, and what we hope was very authentic. And in that episode, which we called Overcommunicating is Really Stupid, we called out the fact that all too often there's a very dangerous or maybe it's just a lazy assumption that if some communication with employees is good, then more is even better. Mm. Uh, Yeah. And we also talked about why communicators, especially now during this pandemic, need to take a deep breath before they start spraying information all over the place and to consider what outcomes we want and what employees are saying they need to know more about. So if you're feeling like your organization is aiming a fire hose of messages at employees, you might want to check out that episode. You know, I've listened to that episode recently and I still love it. And then we kind of built on that with another episode of The Swear Jar where we confronted a harsh reality. And that episode was entitled Communications Can't Solve Your Shit. And the crux of our discussion was to dismantle that unrealistic expectation that organizations and their leaders have about employed communications. We talked about what gives rise to this faulty assumption, uh, the consequences when employee communications is thought to be a cure-all, and even more importantly, how to avoid falling into that trap. And of course, ironically, one of the solutions is not assuming that a single group, i.e. the comms department, owns all responsibility for the health and well-being of employee and corporate communications. Over time, the organization in that situation adopts a they'll fix that kind of approach and abdicate responsibility from other departments or levels and leaders to address communications issues and the underlying issues. And given that we were talking about how organizations create and sustain employee communications based on a set of shared Mm -hmm. assumptions, it only made sense for us to tackle the ultimate form of shared assumptions driving an organization. And of course, I'm talking about culture. And so we had an amazing discussion with Vera Asinen, who is president and editor-in-chief over at Your Workplace. She offered, I thought, one of the best metaphors I've ever heard about how to think about culture. And in fact, I've used it a few times since. And she compares it to when you visit someone's house, especially for the first time. And when you walk in, you start taking cues from everything from the decor to how neat it is, to what kind of music Mm. do they have on. And, And we can very quickly understand how things are done in this house. And the same is true, of course, in, in an organization. And, and she offered us a number of really awesome tips 
for communicators who are tackling culture, including spending more time with HR and really focusing in on, on being authentic and building authentic voices. Mm -hmm. So if you're sort of wondering whether the, the current crisis offers some opportunities to work on culture, our episode, The Culture Communication Continuum, is for you. Right. And of course, as we explored with Vera, culture, you can't really separate culture and communications. So naturally, our next episode of The Swear Jar, called Once Upon a Time, explores a particular part of culture, and that's the art of stories and storytelling. Oh, that was so fun. We had um, Paul Smith from leadwithastory.com as our guest, and he's a source of unbridled enthusiasm, that's putting it mildly, when it comes to the important role different kinds of stories have in reinforcing values and transforming organizations. So we looked at why stories are so effective for leaders. We looked at the components of a great story, how to capture stories, and the 10 stories that all leaders should have in their repertoire. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really so important right now, you know, in the midst of this pandemic is getting out there and gathering those stories up before they, they disappear. And in fact, we had so much fun. We've actually built our own 90-minute workshop around how to use the power of stories in your organization. And you'll see a link in the show notes. And you can, in fact, save 10% just by using the discount code swear jar all one word when you uh register we're, and we're really looking forward to uh working more with organizations on how to use stories indeed that was a lively discussion we we actually have a couple copies left of paul's most recent book entitled the 10 stories great leaders tell so listeners uh, by all means send us a quick email with the subject line great stories and share your organization's favorite stories, and we'll send you a copy of Paul's book, along with highlighting you in an upcoming episode of The Swear Jar. That's right. And, and from stories and storytelling to executives' abilities and willingness to communicate, that seemed like a logical sequence. So we did another episode affectionately called when executives <laughs> suck at communications. <laughs> That's been a, a very popular podcast with our fearless communicators. And, and why not? I mean, who hasn't found themselves at one time or another saddled with an executive or group of executives whose communication skills were sadly lacking? We talked about why executives can be poor communicators, the cost of their inability to communicate well, and how to start fixing the problem of terrible leader communicators. And, you know, isn't it ironic how bad executives are when you consider that most of them spend at least 75% of their time doing some kind of communications? You know, we looked at, the, at three reasons they often suck, including not viewing it as strategic and, and not doing it in ways that they really get good at it. So, if you are struggling with marginal comm skills in your executive team, by all means, check out that podcast for some tips and tricks to start working on that. And tackling poor executive communicators can be a tough slog. And that's made even tougher when the budgets are tight or even non-existent. Let's go with that. And so in our episode, When Employee Communications Has No Budget, we delved into the four reasons employee communications often finds itself with no or very little budget, including the fact that our overlords and bean counters assume the whole thing should be free, mm -hmm. often assuming that as long as there's a headcount, comms issues take care of themselves, kind of like that episode about it not solving your shit. Mm -hmm. um, it's apparently also 
free and solving your shit. So we outlined the consequences of having so little to work with and three things communications professionals can do to keep or build a budget. You know, that's probably why that too has been a very popular episode. In another episode, then we, we drilled down into something that all employee communications professionals are affected by, specifically group dynamics. Called upon Michael Goldman, the president of Facilitation First, to help fearless communicators sort of wrap their heads around if how and when to tap into group facilitation to move their employee communications agenda along. And Michael and his team of really talented facilitators, you know, who particularly during COVID times are very much in demand. I mean, after all, group meetings of all kinds are key venues for employee communications. And the truth is, if you think facilitation is difficult in person, it is exponentially more difficult when group members are in virtual meetings. So in the Swear Jar episode, Facilitation in the New Real World, Michael shared several actionable nuggets as well as identified tangible measures of success that anyone considering or evaluating facilitators should use. So for example, Take a look. Do you see fewer instances of bad behavior during meetings or increased active involvement of all relevant participants and not just the loudest or the most senior? And is there a better understanding of next steps that emerge from the meetings? Listeners of the Swear Jar know that we always emphasize the importance of building in listening throughout your employee communications processes. And the sad truth is that listening often gets relegated to an afterthought or just neglected in all of the hustle and bustle. But we also know that listening gives rise to better communications assets, better communications timing, and in itself, it sends a strong message that people can, should be, and are being heard, right? Mm. We, we say that it's important to listen, but it's even more important to be seen to be listening. And that's why our next episode was aptly named, Shut Up and Listen. Yeah, you know what? That remains one of my favorite episodes to date. Yeah, mine too. We, we talked about how employee communications professionals can structure listening into projects and initiatives. We um, also talked about how important it is to be seen to be listening, particularly during times of change or crisis like now. And we confronted that myth of survey fatigue by pointing out that survey fatigue is actually bullshit, but bullshit <laughs> fatigue is a very real <laughs> phenomenon. And that meant, of course, that we, we, in touching on bullshit fatigue versus survey fatigue, we also put together a handy reference tool about all the different ways that we can use the various listening platforms available to us. That tool is on our website at academyofbusinesscommunications.com. And hey, folks, if you missed that episode, take 20 minutes and listen to that one. Once again, it's called Shut Up and Listen. We had so much fun talking about bullshit that we decided to devote an entire episode to bullshit with our friend, the best-selling author, Dan Pontefract. And we called that one Speaking Truth to Bullshit. And it's also one of my favorite discussions so far. We talked about what kind of bullshit invades organizations, why it creeps in, how organizations deal with it, the implications of bullshit, and the role of employee communicators in managing, spreading, mm -hmm. and hopefully reducing <laughs> bullshit. 
Uh, we also created our very own Fearless Communicators Bullshit Barometer that folks can download from our website. We'll make sure we put links to everything we talk about in the show notes so you don't have to hunt for it. And just so your listeners know, Dan has actually recently published another book called Lead, Care, Win, which we are currently reading, and we'll see if we can get him back to talk more about it. And speaking of bullshit, we also tackled another fun challenge for communicators in all industries, and that is dealing with our friends in the legal department. Oh, yeah, that's right. We had, we had Paul Zapala, who's the in-house counsel at the real estate juggernaut uh, Bridgemark. And we had a great discussion about how communications professionals and in-house legal folks fall into this less than ideal pattern of behavior and how to break free from it. We discussed how in-house lawyers are evaluated, which is key to understanding how they work with comms folks. And we talked about what in-house lawyers would really want comms professionals to understand. And then we also identified some steps that folks can take to build an unlikely but very rewarding alliance between comms folks and in-house legal professionals. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I had a dollar for all the times I was trying to outrun a lawyer <laughs> in an organization, I wouldn't be making podcasts on Sunday afternoon. And so before we wrap up, let's, let's highlight a few of the exclusive benefits for listeners of The Swear Jar, for example. You can save 10% on all of our online workshops. Uh, of course, we have our most popular workshop, Employee Change Communications That Work. And uh, breaking news, by taking this course, you can earn six HRPA professional development credits if you are an HR professional in Canada. So if you're struggling to get those last few credits in before the end of the year, or the end of the quarter, now is your chance. We've also launched some 90-minute workshops, and they're just $99. Uh, one of them helps you make sense of the quagmire that is online employee reviews. And another helps you measure employee communication so that you are a rock star with your supervisor and you're able to make headway in providing executives with the metrics that matter to them and might actually get them to hand over a little bit of budget. Right. So there you are, the early episodes of The Swear Jar. It's been hectic and fun, and these are our most popular. Elizabeth, anything you discovered or were surprised to learn, or any thoughts about the next upcoming episodes? Oh my goodness, we've got so many good things coming up. Uh, I'm particularly excited about the episode we just uh, published on how to use podcasts in organizations with our special guest, Jonathan Davies from Happio. How about you, Andrew? You know, I was really surprised about the reception we've had. Our guests are amazingly busy, and yet they're really happy to share their insights. And they uh, appreciate the fact that we really tell it like it is when it comes to employee communications. Those are our guests as well as our fearless communication listeners. So I'm, I'm thrilled that uh, our guests want to get involved. And I'm also thrilled that we're building a community of fearless communicators that want the straight shit. Of course, as always, we'd like to review what's caught our attention over the last little while. So, Elizabeth, what are you reading, watching, listening to that you think our listeners would find particularly interesting? Right now, I'm actually working on building some storytelling workshops. And so I dug back into my stack of books about storytelling. And right at the top was this fantastic book. It's called The Right Story. And it's by Bernadette Jiwa. And if you don't know Bernadette, it's J-I-W-A. Uh, she is well worth following because she's been working with organizations for years, teaching them how to tell their stories. And this is a, it's a great little book. It gives you just enough theory to make you dangerous, but it gives you a lot of really, really good <laughs> real world examples 
examples and she's she's a fantastic writer and uh, we're actually going to try to get her on uh, the podcast sometime soon but uh, Bernadette Jiwa and The Right Story and there will be a link in the show notes. Well, yeah, what are you reading? What's on your bedside table? You know, I've had a book that I've wanted to read for quite some time and I finally now have some time to take a look at it and it's Daniel Pink's A Whole New Mind and it spells the myth that those people who are left brain focused or have an emphasis on maths and quantitatives and uh, analytics are the ones that are really going to help us crack out of the world's most wicked problems. And uh, he shines light on why right brain folks will essentially rule the of the future. And while I believe that no one is ever one side over the other. I think it really uh, makes good sense to appreciate the strengths and weaknesses of those that are perhaps more right brain dominated or more left brain dominated. So that's a good read, A Whole New Mind by Daniel Pink. Yeah, that's interesting because I'm I'm actually just reading an article recently about how organizations are increasingly looking for people with an arts background or a, mm. a social sciences background, again, trying to tap into that less sort of linear uh, way of thinking and into more lateral ways of thinking. So I will take a look at that book. So of course, folks, remember that you can like us and uh, subscribe to this podcast wherever you uh, get your casts. Um, we're on most of the platforms right now. We welcome your thoughts or suggestions for future topics that you'd like us to explore. And you you can get in touch with us with email. Just send your message to info at academyofbusinesscommunications.com and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. That's awesome. And that's it for us right now. Thank you again, Elizabeth. A shout out to Peter Lindsman, our editor extraordinaire, and Simon Gladstone, who is our website visionary. And for all our listeners of the Swear Jar, stay fearless. Bye for now. Bye.